This is the Disciple Makers Podcast by Discipleship.org. Every week we will bring you content about making disciples. As an organization, we bring together other like-minded organizations who are focused on making disciples. Our goal is to help you become a Jesus-style disciple maker. And this podcast aims at doing just that. That's also why we host the National Disciple Making Forum every year. We know that it's life-on-life interactions with other disciples by the power of the Holy Spirit that produces change so we can all become more like Jesus. Make sure to register for the next National Disciple Making Forum at discipleship.org so you can get in person the kind of content you hear on this podcast. Go to discipleship.org to reserve your seat now. Today we're featuring an episode from Small Circle called Getting Beyond Information Transfer by Using Tools, featuring Steve McCoy and Gilbert Thurston. Here's today's featured episode. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm a pastor. Um, I'm a lead pastor of a church called 360 in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, We planted the church uh, about 13 years ago. And with the dream of uh, planting a church that has um, uh, a culture uh, of discipleship. Not just discipleship as a program of many, but a culture of discipleship. Uh, So uh, I'm joined today by Gilbert Thurston. Uh, Gilbert is also a pastor of a church he planted in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, We met, I was doing a training of our tools in Pennsylvania, and we met probably about three years ago, and uh, he's taken the tools and infused them in his uh, church, and so uh, he's here this week uh, uh, with uh, three guys, two that he's discipled at a one-to-one level, and one the, the third guy is being discipled by one of the guys that he discipled. So we're beginning to see uh, multiplication in their church. Our church has been running these tools for about six years. Uh, we have about 130 people in one-to-one discipleship. Uh, which is uh, a fairly uncommon um, phenomenon. Uh, we do that by the use of tools, and so I'm going to have Gilbert kind of give an overview of that. I want to pray before we get uh, get going, and uh, I thank you for being here. Father, we're so grateful, uh, God, for the power of discipleship. Of course, this is why you commissioned us to be about this. I pray, Father, especially this time of the afternoon where our minds are full, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you, would you clear our minds, would you help us to have the energy to hear, to listen, to think, to expand our thinking, and we would ask God, in alignment with your heart, that you would do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Thank you for being faithful to us, God, and entrusting us the treasure of disciple-making, and we want to be faithful to that call. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, again, thanks uh, for being here today with us. We understand that when you have five different uh, tracks that you can do, some of you are jumping around. So we want to take just the first couple of minutes just to sort of review where we've been so far for those that maybe haven't been with us. Uh, you know, one of the greatest things that ever happened was when Henry Ford decided to make production a part of an assembly line. It, it made manufacturing cheaper and quicker and more efficient. And, you know, another great tool that we have in the United States was 
our, our classroom model of you know the, the teacher getting up and the students facing forward, doing all those uh, types of things. And so what the church did was sort of copied that. That we sort of think that to make disciples, it's sort of a, a cookie cutter assembly line that everybody just goes in one side as a, a little widget and they come out the other side, or as a, a raw products and they come out the other side as the, uh, as the widget. And we've even adopted the, the terminology in many of our churches called Sunday school, right? And that's where discipleship is going to happen. And so what Steve has been sharing in these first uh, couple sessions is we have sort of three circles here. We have this big circle, which is the church, the, your Sunday morning gathering that you have. And then you have sort of this mid-sized circle that's here. This would be Sunday school. It could be a Bible study that you're doing. It could be life groups, small groups that you're doing. How many of you have these two things? You have a Sunday morning gathering and then some sort of discipleship tool like this. Well, again, the, the, the problem with that, and, and by the way, his church, my church, we have these. There's nothing wrong with these things. But we've sort of treated it like an assembly line, and we've treated it like a school, and we expect that at the back side, the production of this is going to be disciples that were made. And one of the things that you know, Steve was able to discover was, you know, there's really power when you go down to that small circle, that one-on-one relationship, those conversations that Jesus had with pe- uh, people like Peter and, and, and Martha and Nicodemus, very customizable to their situation because every person doesn't look the same. And so therefore, our discipleship process can't look the same. And so that's what this whole thing has been about. And Steve has developed a a tool uh, called Small Circle, and there's actually a family of tools that are available. But the big one that we're talking about here right now is what's called Exchange. And this is basically 24 lessons meant to be done every other week. It takes 11 months to go through. But as I often say, if you take somebody through in 11 months, they didn't need to be discipled. Because a part of this is really getting into their life, not just giving them theological head knowledge, but how does this relate to your home life and your work life and all of your relationships that you have? And so it's really broken into four sections here. The the first one is just sort of your general beliefs in God. And then the next would be how to have a relationship with God. Then how to have a relationship with God with others, and then the next one would be why you need to multiply. A lot of things in our churches do these things, the beliefs about God, how to have a relationship with God, but we don't really get into what's the value of relationships and why do we have to have that that transparency, that koinonia, and then being a multiplier. How is it that we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples? As I shared in the last session, that was one of my frustrations as a pastor, was I was able to individually a lot of times disciple somebody, but then they couldn't take it as an everyday, ordinary person with jobs and responsibilities and kids and you name it, and then disciple somebody else. And so that's the beauty uh, behind this particular uh, tool that Steve has developed. So that said, I'm going to bring uh, Steve back up, and he's going to talk to us about some of the downsides of not utilizing some of these tools. So I'm just gonna. We're just gonna touch um, on some of the things that we covered last time. We we recognize that some of you were from our last session, but we also recognize that you know you kind of scope out the day and you're going to different sessions. So um, when we talk about tools, sometimes I grimace, to be honest with you, because there's just kind of a uh, there's a there's a blockade in our minds at times to say, oh, if it's going to be tools, it's going to be academic. It's going to be dry. And so I'll say straight up, there there are downsides of using tools. 
Um, if not done correctly, or if it's just going to be you know Sunday school ish, then I think that you know it, it is a detriment. Um, so uh, being non-relational, being uh, too academic, Sunday school ish, whatever, those are downsides of using tools. However, I think the downsides of not using tools, in my opinion, uh, is greater because uh, for for just a few reasons. Number one. Um, the average person will not feel adequate just to organically do it. They're just not going to have that, that confidence. Um, if you, uh, you know, my background's music and taught piano for many years, and if you just say, hey, just go to YouTube and learn how to play piano, most likely it's not going to happen. Um, the second thing is that you're probably not going to create a culture of discipleship without tools that you have in your hands. Uh, because most people don't feel adequate to do it, they're not going to, the everyday person, it's going to be limited to leaders. Um, I uh, talk about what I call the Swiss cheese effect. That means that if people are going to do disciple making organically, typically they get caught in a topic or two or three. Or it all becomes about what's going on in your life right now, which is important. But there are also other things. Jesus said, hey, teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. So there's a comprehensiveness that I think is important. And so we say, hey, let's, let's at least cover this. And the things that are not in here, that's life stuff. You can't stop life stuff from coming up. I'm discipling a guy right now. Uh, we're probably a year into the track. He's a very successful businessman. And his business, is, the bottom has just dropped out. I don't know if you guys have heard about the cache bank crisis. In the last three weeks, there was a kind of a Bernie Madoff type thing. He's a payroll company, and uh, they dropped $80 million, and his, the bottom has dropped out. Guess what? We're not studying about the Holy Spirit this week. <laughs> we're talking about the Holy Spirit, but we're not learning. You know, so there's that life stuff that just comes up in it. So the tools don't make, that doesn't mean you don't do the, the, the things, uh, you know, the real life. So um, this is actually my favorite session, probably, of, the, of, of our time together. Because um, if you are going to use tools, you have to fight against information transfer. We are the information uh, age. I listen, I love Tony Evans, I, I love, uh, you know, uh, uh, different preachers, uh, Robbie, Zacharias, blah, 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 we go through the list, I'm a listener, uh, and man, I love reading, I love audiobooks, there's something I'm learning almost in every spare moment in my life, it feels like, and uh, that's, that's the way tools can be. We don't need any more information, to be honest with you. We need to take information and use the tools to come together to get to something else. The tools, um, and I can say this because I wrote them, the tools are only a means to an end. It's a big deal. So if we say, hey, let's go have coffee. Uh, Chance, let's go have coffee. Okay, we're not coffee experts, and we're really not there to have coffee. We're only using that as a social acceptable thing to say, let's go have coffee. But it's only a means to an end. This is the way the tools are. So we're going to look at, at ways to uh, overcome uh, some information transfer. So the last session, let me just uh, say this, and then we're, gonna, we're actually going to do some labs. One of the things that we talked about in our last session is that the educators tell us that we absorb in different ways. Won't go into to this uh, in great detail. 10% of what we read. 20% of what we hear, 
30% of what we see, 50% of what we see and hear, 70% of what we personally discuss with one person. That's important, substantial. 80% of what we personally experience and feel. That's where we're at right now. That's what this session's about. And 95% of what we teach others. This is how human beings absorb. So we wanted to focus our tools on these top three. Not just reading, not just listening, etc. But how do we absorb? So in, in uh, our tools, Exchange, uh, for example, uh, we have four books. It's also available, by the way, in a mobile app. You'll get some information if you haven't already. Uh, you'll get some information about the mobile app. And, and um, By the way, uh, I'm a pastor. That's what I do. That's what I've been called to. Our tools, we don't receive any profit from our tools. Uh, we decided to make them available to, um, uh, to churches. We understand that most churches are 150 people or less. 80% of churches in the U.S. are uh, 150 people or less. Uh, we are, work globally. We're in 60 countries, 20 languages, etc. Most of those are fun. Um, we fund all the translations, and we, this has just been a, a thing that God has expanded around the world. Same thing for the mobile app. Uh, the mobile app, uh, we probably invested about $300,000 in the mobile app, and uh, we want to make it uh, available to you guys. And so this is kind of where we're going to be today um, and uh, uh, to personally experience. The reason that we wanted to have experiences, we call them labs, in every single session is for people to experience and feel what we're talking about, what we're learning. So uh, I'm going to let uh, Mr. Magician here no, I didn't. <laughs> Check it out. All right. I, I, yeah, you, you, uh, let me, uh, I need to, now that you said that, nobody's going to give me 100 uh, <laughs> I was going to borrow a $100 bill, but uh, anybody got a bill on them that I can borrow, even though one. Here we go, right here. We didn't set this up or anything, sir? No. No. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're good. We're, we're, for sake of time, we're good. I gave a what I found with the, the dollars, this is a very weird thing. If you take a, a bill, a borrowed bill, and a hotel key, and you just do this and get a little bit of friction there, a little bit of heat on that, and blow that. This is so weird. You can actually reach down and Have you ever looked at a bill really close and seen, like, the little threads, like the little red threads, little blue threads and stuff there? You know what I'm talking about? It helps with the counterfeit, and that guy does, yeah. That's my counterfeiter there. Uh, anyway, um, if you look really, really close at this, it, it's, it's really amazing. Because you can actually pull one of those little threads right out of there. It's very hard to see. Very, very hard to see. I don't know. Can you see it, sir? It, oh, you're seeing it in the camera there. It's very, very hard. I know back there in the cheap seats, you're squinting, aren't you? I'm going to get in trouble for uh, doing that, so I better get that back in there. Oh, my goodness. I should not have done all that like that. Now, remember the secret to the whole thing, right? The secret is the, the uh, hotel card. I can only do this with the hotel card. You put it there, you heat it, and hopefully if all goes well. We can put it right back in there just like that. Now, sir, that is the bill that you gave me? I didn't check the you, 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 you look. Does it look like the bill that you gave me? Is it the bill that you gave me? Looks like All right, it. thank you. No, no. 
right. So as, as Steve sort of uh, uh, unmagically uh, did, I used to be a professional magician many years ago before I was a pastor. And uh, I, I wanted to teach you, actually, it's one of the very first tricks that I ever learned. How many of you, you want to learn how to do a magic trick? You want to learn how to do a magic trick? All right, very, very simple trick. I'll show it to you first, and then I'll teach you uh, how to do it. So I'm just going to perform for you real quick. Okay, so just watch. What's going to happen is the rubber band goes on the hand there, and we snap our fingers, and notice it jumps across the fingers. Now, a lot of people think, oh, it's that simple. It's just going over the top of the fingers. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take another rubber band, place it over my fingers. So this way, see, it cannot come over the top of my fingers. But watch, magic happens here. We take it, we snap our fingers, and it just jumps right over there. Isn't that cool? I'm going to teach you how to do that. So here's how it goes. Ready? Here's how it goes. What you do real quick is you just take the rubber band like that. You pull these two fingers in like that. You just snap and then there it goes. <laughs> Easy as that, right? Everybody got it, right? No. Why? Because I'm up front. You're facing forward. I gave you a concept really quick and you did not get it. Guess where else we do this? Sunday morning. Guys up front, he gives you something really cool, you know, something very theological, something deep, and expects that you're going to go home and now be able to do it and apply it. And sometimes you can, sometimes it may look magical. <laughs> All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask everybody, um, let's do the outside rows. I'll make it easier. So everybody that's in one of the outside chairs here, you come up here quickly with me. Real quick, hurry up. Hurry up and take your time. <laughs> Did you bring your rubber bands? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So here, here's what we're going to do. Everybody look here real quick. All right. So take it like this. Fingers in. Pinch right here. And then just open your hand. Okay. You got it? Oh, no. Pinch. Open. Pinch. Open. There you go. I'm trying to figure out why <laughs> you got it. You got it. Did you get it? Did you get it? All right. Go teach your row now. Go back to your row. Go back and teach your row how to do it. All right. So let me. Do you hear the buzz in the room? Do you hear the buzz in the room? This is what we're talking about. There's a certain buzz that happens when instead of me just instead of Gilbert just lecturing you, telling you, instructing you, verbalizing. To show somebody else, who show somebody else, who show somebody else. It's just a picture, even though it's maybe a simple picture, a fun picture, but it is a picture. So imagine, in our church, we started with three disciple makers. And they became, uh, so there were six people, three disciple makers, three disciples. We couldn't contain it. So we got to see this, we got to do this. And then it turned to 12, and 24, and 48, and 96, and it just, just continued to grow. So instead of telling people, they, we want them to experience it. So every session, every, each of these books has six sessions, 24 sessions, so there's 24 labs. I just want to give you an idea of some of them, and then we're going to do a couple of real ones with you, uh, just so you can say, oh, I, I, I give me a clearer picture. Um, uh, Ken asked me, uh, where did you come up with this idea? Uh, and I've, I've had a few minutes to think about that. I think the answer is Jesus. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't mean that sarcastically. What I mean by it, if you think about the ways, if we were just to say, let's do, do a quick fire, 
The question is going to be, give you time to think about it, how did Jesus communicate? How did he teach? How did he share concepts? What's, uh, huh? Stories. Stories. What else? Life experiences. Life experiences. Like what? He fed 5,000 people. They experienced yes. watching that food multiply. Yes. Excellent. What else? He did a lot of it as he was going. Yeah, modeling. Taking right? Yeah, taking people. Including moments. Teaching moments. Parables, right? Metaphors. Mm-hmm. Uh, fish, seed, plants, fig trees, all that. He took them and he did it along the way. See the fig tree? You know, while they approached the fig tree, right? Because they thought that in that season it should have been producing and the way it looked, you know, it looked like it should have been. And then when he got up on it, it was like, man. And then he taught them a lesson about Israel. And so I, um, uh, having them do it, sent out since 72. Hey, you guys do it, you experience it. So he didn't just stand and teach all the time or sit around a group uh, cycle. So um, some of the things that we do, just give you an idea, and then we'll do some real ones. Um, we do outings. Um, you, you remember uh, in Proverbs chapter 7, Solomon said, um, see the woman who's painted her face? See her husband away? See how she's laid out beautiful linens on her bed? They're standing there in the marketplace. They're probably teaching, he's probably teaching young men. Uh, you see what happens? See how the see how he went inside her house? It's like a it's like being led to slaughter. They understood what slaughter was. So it was so sometimes we do an outing. When we talk about the resurrection, we go to the cemetery or a funeral service. Solomon says better to be in the house of mourning than the house of celebration because we're sober. The number of incredible conversations I've had in the cemetery just outstanding. I mean, it's just amazing. The guy I'm discipling now, we're walking, we kind of walk around the cemetery, we're just talking, talking about death, the reality of death. I live in Sarasota. Two weeks after my parents moved over, they, my dad pulled out in front of somebody, got T-boned, and I died within an hour. Uh, I have a story. I know what that's like. I know what grief is like. My dad and I were best friends. He was my best man at my wedding. Um, so we're walking around the cemetery, we come to a children's section where, where children and infants have been buried. My disciple begins to weep. Um, we're chiseling down the wall of Adam. We're hiders. And we use these we use these labs to pull pull out things. And so we he started weeping, and I'm like, man, what what is hitting you here? Because when I was five, my sister died, she was two. We, we try to teach our disciple-makers second-line questions, third-line questions, fourth-line questions. We're awful at questions, I believe, as human beings, not just Christian culture. How you doing? Not so good. Wow, man, sorry to hear about that. I pray for you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then what, what's happening? What, you know, well, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about my job. What are you nervous about? Second, third, fourth-line questions. So, yeah, my, my, uh, my sister died when I was five. She was two. What did that do to your mom? I didn't have a mom for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I wrecked her. Mm-hmm. She was MIA. Mm-hmm. Now we're just like that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're learning about the resurrection. Um, <laughs> we go to a different, we invite them to go to a different worship service. We invite them to go to a, a mosque and go to a Muslim service. And we talk about apologetics and how would you address that? What did you see? Uh, or a Seventh-day Adventist, or uh, something different than what you're used to, or a, um, you know, a, um, a Mormon service, or whatever that might be. And, and experience that, and love them. And we've had amazing intersections. 
with just so I say we just kind of learn. We're here at the Jewish synagogue. That's where we've gone, and we just kind of want to and, and embrace your service and then learn from uh, what our differences are. And then we'll go have coffee afterwards and talk about what you see, what you feel. How would you answer that? You know, so it makes it real. Uh, we do role playing and apologetics. I play the role of a, a pluralist. Uh, all roads lead to God, and you you convince me. Uh, of Christ, and I'm going to give you super hard questions. So, that, and then we're like, and, then, and every time I've done it, every time I've done it, they like, oh, man, I don't know any, I, I couldn't answer any of those. Okay, great, let's do it again, and we do it again, and we do it again. This is discipleship. It's not learning what you should say because when you go to say it, as a pianist, I can practice a gajillion hours in that practice room. It doesn't mean anything until I step foot on that stage, and uh, can I do it under heat? Stephen, I don't think we've mentioned in this uh, particular one, the beauty of one-on-one is if your guy didn't get it there, yeah. you don't have to go in on the next lesson yes. the next time you get together. Hey, let's read this book on apologetics with one another. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's going to take you a month to do that. And yes. You keep practicing, you keep practicing, you keep practicing. Yes. So that's why even though it could be done in 11 months, most of the time it's going to be 13 months. Or My yes. first guy was 15, the uh, other guy was uh, 16 months. So yes. it's, it's very customizable to your disciple. The question that I have. And the question is that when you come in your discipleship relationship and the disciple maker is faced with something that's beyond their pay grade, whether it's spiritually, theologically, emotionally, socially, relationally, um, I can say to you that we've been running it for six years. We've rarely hit that problem. And if it does, we are always available. And we say, hey, look, you're not, I, even for me, I you know went to seminary and all that. I do not fake a move and, and act like I'm a professional counselor. If in a, in a, even in a marriage situation, if it's beyond my pay grade, which it typically is, if I were honest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a perspective from the Word of God, but I'm not a marriage counselor. And so we've got professionals for that. So we make ourselves available in case there is that, you know, that intersection that's difficult. But I, you know, when we first started this whole concept of like, can we, uh, that was the, you know, can we do one-to-one? That was the biggest nightmare for me. I'm like, are we going to put our people in a position and for me, personally, as a pastor, I had to let go. I had to allow everyday people, just like Jesus did, uh, you know, when he left them behind and said, man, it's, it's go time, you know, uh, Acts chapter 1, this, this is it. I, I would think that Jesus would, you know, maybe privately, like, you know, I don't know how well it's going to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? These guys are ordinary, ordinary folk, right? Everyday people, and yet he entrusted them with it. And so we personally haven't run into that, but when we have, um, we say, hey, let us help and step in. I would just add to that that I teach my guys that the very best thing you can say in a situation like that is, I don't know. Yes. But I'll help you find somebody that does know. And keep in mind also that just because you've discipled somebody and they're now discipling somebody else doesn't mean that my relationship with them is done. So they can say, well, let's kick it up to the next, <laughs> you know, and it just keeps, it can just keep kicking up and, you know, eventually it may come back to my desk, you know, but, and then like Steve said, there's sometimes it's like, I don't know. Let's, yes. you know let's we do uh, spiritual disciplines. Uh, the, the fasting has become a lost experience. So we fast together um, and say, let's do it. We have instructions. We got the copyright uh, freedom from uh crew and they had a great some great uh, just safety stuff from fasting etc uh, we do some creative stuff surprise stuff um, um, uh, serving we do some serving we do some relationally interactive things 
Um, so let's do one together. How about some of them are tactile, some of them are feeling, tasting, hearing, some of them are visual. All right, so this is a, a really uh, fun one. What, what you're talking about, your disciple has been studying uh, about the Word of God and the value of the Word of God. So here's what I'm going to have you do. On the count of three, you're going to turn it over, and I'm going to only give you maybe two or three seconds to look at it, and then you're immediately going to flip it back over, okay? So here we go. On the count of three, turn it over, look at it, and then go. One, two, three, turn it over, look at it, and turn it back over. Everybody back over? All right. Shout out, what did you see? Flowers. Flower, right, okay. Jesus is the way. Alright, some of you saw some uh, you, you saw some, some words in there? Something about making good disciples. About making disciples. Okay, so you're seeing some phrases in there. Okay, that's good. Alright, let's uh let's turn it over this time for let's do about five seconds. Go ahead, turn it over. One thousand one, one thousand two, one thousand three, one thousand four, one thousand five. Turn it back over, turn it back over. What else did we get? Saw some Greek letters. The artist's name is in there too, right? Right. So I have a question. Like you saw the Alpha Omega. How many people saw the Alpha Omega sign? So we would take the opportunity and say, okay, when you're studying the Bible, he's going to see something I don't. I I might see something you don't. You're a disciple, I'm a disciple maker, but we're still learning this thing. That message was from the organization called Small Circle, and this is the Disciple Makers Podcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening today.